This episode of What's in the Box Office is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, What's in the Box Office, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Otherwise, you're a liar. <laughs> this weekend at the box office, spooky season comes early as we premiere a new series. Plus, Shang-Chi continues his run at the top. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 169th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week, we sit down and pour over this weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I uh, I have, I'm sorry to say, failed to come up with a good uh, quippy response based on the uh, beginning of that Kanye song that goes Yeezy season approaching. Uh, fuck whatever y'all gonna, been here and yeah i was gonna me. gonna go obviously with spooky season approaching uh, and then i uh, no it just didn't come i tried i tried I, I kept reaching until the very end but i just could not get there uh spooky season uh, spooky season approaching fuck whatever y'all been watching fuck whatever y'all been scaring uh, mm. that kind of rhymes with approaching I don't know. Does it? <laughs> Did in my head. All right. Well, uh, this is uh, fully on me. I pre- I appreciate the effort, but I think it was I think it was just the wrong path. I think there was no no way to get there, especially in such a short time. Uh, so let's pivot right away from that and go into this week's top five. Uh, in honor of uh, Shang Chi, which tops the real top five. Of course, we are still talking about the Avengers. This yeah. week in my top five. This week it is uh, Avengers Powers I Want. Oh. Okay. Uh, and this is just, if I if I got to have their powers in the real world. Powers I Want. Uh, like not being part of the MCU or anything. Mm. But just, uh, just I, I get to pick one. Here's, uh, powers I want. here's my top five. Number five is Thor. Which I think the... Uh, Thor. You like the the lightning and the fly? He can't really fly. He can use his little hammer to fly. Yeah, he can. Are you talking about Thor hammer or current or current Thor? I, I guess. I guess he has his hammer back. Yeah, he's, he's still he's still got he's still got the hammer. Yeah. Uh, so I'd I'd still be able to fly. I think in this case I would be deemed worthy of Mjolnir. Uh, yeah, okay maybe not. all right well i just think I, th- I think that's kind of highly of yourself the power of thor. sure yeah if you if you have the power of thor then you have the power to lift the hammer yes i guess that's uh, not inherently uh a privilege of thor he has to be worthy he to of be, it. yeah he has to be honest and true and right all, that. all right uh, so maybe but not. i'm just i i am assuming for this exercise that i do get mjolnir though i suppose that is a drawback that if i were to ever uh air i could lose my hammer uh also just not not a lot of practical applications 
you no. know, the ability, the ability to smash it with a hammer and like call down an almighty lightning. Very cool. But like, what you does it do for me? You don't look like the people. No. Right. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just, cause that's it. a superpower in and of itself. Looking like Chris Hemsworth. Yes. No, right. I would not. I would not get to be Thor. Okay. Uh, my number, number five f- is going to, Oh God. No, go ahead. I'll just say my number one. Go ahead. All right. Uh, number four, I'm going to take Dr. Strange, who on the one hand does seem to be Very kind of all powerful. Yeah. I don't really know what his limits are. This, yeah. That's, that's why he's, that's all, that's why he's down at four is I okay. don't fully have a grasp on what Dr. Strange is capable of and how I might be able to benefit from being the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's got to be, uh, there's got to be a lot of perks to that magic and he's quite good at it. Uh, so I'm taking the I'm taking the flyer on Doctor Strange there. Number three is Ant Man, mm. which I think is the uh, why Ant Man. You want to be all I, tiny? Yeah, I think it would. I think it would be cool. That makes everything that increases your your like chance of dying by like eight million percent. So many more things can kill you if you're tiny. But also, I'm uh, I don't know I. I guess I could have, I could evade so many more things though. What's trying to kill Not me? Really. Like a bee? Yeah. Bee would be huge. Yeah. Fine. I could, you I mean, could, I could evade a bee. That's the same. That's bigger than you. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the bee is going to be like coming for me. If you, I, if a bee, your example, if a bee starts pursuing you me, you just go, you just go, I don't know. What am I running from? Like a bee, a bee isn't pursuing me. It's like, well, all right. No, well, it's, no I'm, I'm, if a bee starts trying to kill me, I'll press a little button. I'll get big again. Okay. Maybe I'll get super big and then nothing can stop me. I, uh, I feel like I'd be able to play around well, with the Ant-Man powers the most. Not worthy to lift Thor's hammer with that. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Ant-Man uh, could, uh, could probably, could probably rob a bank as Ant-Man. Oh, you're down there lifting shit. What are you talking about? You want to rob I'm not getting, a bank? I'm not getting all of these. You want to rob a bank? You <laughs> What superhero could I be so I can steal? From a bank, from a large multinational bank. I see. It's hurting will the not feel the pain of it. <laughs> but no, if if I if I get Thor's power, I'm not robbing a bank. I'm helping people across the street. You could easily rob a bank with Thor's power. I could, but then I'd lose the hammer. I'm I'm modulating my behavior based on I see. the criteria. Doctor Strange uh, could also rob a bank. You can just zip yourself right inside of that bank. Zip yourself that's out. That's a good point. I but yeah, I just I feel like Ant Man seems like it might be the most uh, the most just like neat, nifty kind yeah. of power. It's also it's also very unique. You know, a lot of these powers are just like they're they're kind of a super soldier. They're strong. Yeah. I. Uh, but Ant Man, like you get to you get to shrink, you get to get big. None of the others are like that, so I think it's interesting in that way. Okay. I uh, number two, I went with Black Panther. Okay, because, so you just you have really good reflexes, and you have a, a suit that helps you a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm more, I'm more thing like I think the uh, I think the flower also makes you like. I mean, it makes you and strong, and, and you can jump and stuff like that. But that, that, that suit yeah. does a lot of the. Bulletproof, transferring of energy, claws, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, I could, 
if I don't get the suit, that's fine. I'll be uh, I'll be fine without all those things. Like I just, a low grade I feel, Captain America without that. Yeah, suit. I, I get to I get to drink the tea and just become like oh you know what naturally fit. It's a bad pick. He looked that tea looked painful to drink. That dude was like seizuring. His veins were popping out. That's Maybe. a hefty price to pay. And also, do you I guess just get the powers, of- or do you have to do the ritual of getting them? Like, if I if I pick Captain America, do I have to go on that thing? Well, here's the here's the reason I didn't pick Captain America. What is because you have to be subjected to the the super soldier serum. Maybe, which, well, yeah, that was that was that was my thinking. Okay. That had, if I pick Captain America, I get the serum, but that doesn't react in everyone the same way. So then, if you pick Doctor Strange, do you have to go through like years of training? Maybe. Ugh. Yes, let's say yes. Okay, I don't want that either. But you get to use the time stone to do it. Fast forward yourself? Yeah. Okay. He did, I think. It's been a while. When that come out? 2016? Yeah, we'll watch it next year for the sequel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel, I feel like the Super Soldier Serum has drawbacks, okay. potentially. Like, I don't know how it's going to react to my body in the way that, like, the, the Black Panther T doesn't. Uh, you know, Killmonger got to be Black Panther just the same. And my number one pick is Captain Marvel, which is just uh, maybe the, maybe the strongest one can fly unencumbered, which was a big part of it. Yeah. Like Thor can fly, but needs the hammer. Uh, Iron Man can fly with the big suit. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel can just fly. Yeah. And like shoot energy beams and stuff. And Go to power space. Up and, yeah, you can go to space. Basically, Captain Marvel is would let me live out my like ten year old dream of being in Dragon Ball Z. Mm. And I gotta if I got that chance, I gotta take it. Okay, it's a good pick. I, Vision would be on my list somewhere, but I guess that's the same properties as Captain Marvel. Though Vision can also phase. She can't phase. Things, that's right. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, true. Plus, you wouldn't have to be purple. I like purple. Or I guess like maroon. He doesn't have to be purple. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Is that Oh yes. We decided you don't look like them, so you right. don't have to be right. a weird robot band. You yeah. just get to shoot a beam out of your forehead and face through walls and stuff. What's and a, fly. What's a, Tony Stark would be great, you could have a lot of money. It's a yeah. wild card here. Like yeah, not Black Widow, that's too much cardio. See, the reason I didn't pick not Tony the Stark. Hulk. Is because I wasn't accounting for the money or the smarts. I was thinking I would get an Iron Man suit, but he does the upkeep on the Iron Man suit himself okay. Okay. because gotcha. he's an engineering genius. Spy- I would not be able to do what that. What about Spider Man? Spider Man's a good one. Incredible. Um, you get to swing around, walk on walls, spidey senses. Spider Man. Uh, you could do whatever I, a spider does. I just straight up overlooked. And should have considered, but didn't. I'm sure he would have made the list. Um, I don't want to get bit by a spider. All right. Well, that's well. That's the thing. Do you have to go through the trial, or do you just wake up with the powers? I, I think you got to do it. <sighs> okay. Can't get something from nothing. So your number, your number one is Vision, then? No, 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 no. Vision was okay. on my list, but again, it has the same. He has the same properties as Captain Marvel, minus. The phasing, but Captain Marvel is like basically like a fucking flying nuclear bomb. Like she can just she just blew through Thanos' ship, so that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, 
What was uh, what was your number one? You said you were going to give your number one. Oh God, I don't know. I think it might be Cap. Okay. Sexy. Feel feel, per- feel pretty good about your ability to come uh, come through the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Captain Marvel fucking crashed into a, a plane, including her ship crash, whatever the hell happened to her. She didn't have an easy go of it, as far as I recall. No, no, she lost her memory for a while. I don't think you got to lose your memory. But, but maybe you do a crash in something. I, yeah, I'm she sure to I don't Earth. remember. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Annette Benning was there. So was Jude Law. Yeah, they played "I'm Just a Girl" during the climax. I no doubt. Uh, yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Do you think uh, you have to do another one of these? Do you think uh, Dear Evan Hansen's taking the number one spot next weekend? Oh boy. Um, so I don't know. It's stuck in my head all week. Which one? Waving through the window. Okay. I, uh, I think uh, I don't know. That's we're gonna get into it, but that's a uh, that seems like a good drop for Shang Chi. It might. Uh, we'll see. Might hang on one more week. What drop? No. What are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you as I get into the actual top five uh, for this weekend. Number one was Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which oh lord, I scrolled down on Box Office Mojo and then like the number one thing disappeared and i couldn't scroll back to it here we go made 21.7 million dollars this weekend that was a 37 and a half percent drop bringing it up to 176.8 million dollars free guy stayed at number two with 5.2 million dollars it was a 6.8 percent drop that is up to 108.5 million dollars cry macho opened at number three with four and a half million candy man stayed at number four with three and a half million. That was a 26 and a half percent drop. It's up to $53.1 million. And Malignant came in at number five with 2.6, a 50.7% drop. That is up to 9.8 million. Our feature presentation again is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. $21.7 million this weekend, 37 and a half percent drop, 177, basically. Uh, here in the uh, North America region, 320 worldwide. So it's not lighting the worldwide box office on fire, most likely just due to COVID. But uh, domestically, that is the uh, lowest drop ever for a Marvel movie in its third weekend. So I, I believe it. That's crazy. This, this is the, a case of... Uh, only thing out there people want to see is people are just going. Uh, it's interesting that this is a, this is obviously an enormous smash uh, hit. It's going to cross two hundred million. It's not going to get that much further than that. October is insanely crowded. Uh, October first brings Venom. Um, there will be Carnage is the subtitle, uh, which is a direct competition for Shang Chi. So. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's a huge hit. Don't get me wrong. It's gonna be the first film since January of 2020, nearly two years ago, uh, to gross over 200 million domestic, but, um, it's, it's going to fit in right around, um, Thor the dark world. It's probably going to be below Dr. Strange. It's just, there's going to be a lot of competition hitting it, but right now it is the only game in town and people are coming, um, you know, assuming knock on wood that uh, theaters get back to normal, this is legacy, uh, legacy, um, breakout sequel written all over it. 
Yes, I think uh, I think just the fact that it does kind of fit in nicely in the the creamy middle of the MCU there mm. uh, <laughs> just kind just kind of spe- speaks to it being an enormous success to my mind, right? Like I don't I don't see this as a qualifier. Like yeah, Shang Chi is like good for it, but but really it's just like a Thor the Dark World. I think the fact that it's a Thor the Dark World at all is like. In this, well, in I mean, this, in this time right now, in this time right now, yes, mm-hmm. yes, that well, that that's why that's yeah. why I say this that the fact that any movie could gross like mid tier MCU numbers, yeah, is crazy to me. Yeah, and it's like like Ant Man and this the Wasp success. I, yeah, I I completely agree that when the second one comes out, it could be, it could be big. Yeah. Um. Also opening this weekend, Cry Macho, a movie with a title so bad nobody saw it. Opened with four and a half million dollars, also on HBO Max. Clint Eastwood uh, directing again. He's about uh, checks notes, 119 years old. Um, movie supposed to be pretty decent, I hear. Uh, not really circumstantial, like nothing really happens in it. It's not like an action movie. Uh, Clint Eastwood's The Mole. Came out in winter of 2018, his last starring vehicle, and that opened to maybe 18 and crawled its way like an old prize fighter to over a hundred million dollars domestic. So there's an audience for this. I think that the mixture here, no, is that this wasn't a. There's no hook here. Uh-huh. It's Clint Eastwood and a kid. No one really knows the story. Reviews aren't stellar. It's not opening over the holidays, which tends to give it legs. Um, it's on HBO Max. I think the biggest hurdle for Cry Macho, it also opened in an absurd 3,967 theaters. Um, but I think the main hangup for it is that it is, what demographic is it targeting? The uh, advanced in age. And who might be more skeptical to go to a movie theater right now? The advanced in age? The people who, yeah, who are most vulnerable <laughs> yep. to COVID, the elderly. Uh, and that's his demographic, and so I think that uh, this is what was going to happen, especially with no Oscar buzz, right? Uh, I also, I also think like I don't know how much you were joking, but I do think the uh, title is just like really bad, and yeah, it doesn't. I don't know what it means. It, it's not, not only do I not know what it means, but it it does it does sound like actively off putting. Yeah. Like, I don't... Sounds like someone's telling you to cry like a man. Yeah, like, Clint Eastwood has a sort of complicated and nuanced history of being kind of a weird guy who's curmudgeon-y and, like, conservative and annoying, but also has made, like, many introspective and interesting movies is not is not the kind of guy that you just like write off offhand like oh another Eastwood this is going to be lame, but like has has that in him for yeah. sure, and the ti- the title to me really evokes those feelings mm-hmm. of like this 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 movie about is being a man, I don't I don't I don't know that that draws me personally into the theater I I do know it hasn't and probably won't yeah also opening this weekend cop shop a title so bad even fewer people saw it uh made 
2.3 million in sixth place. It's supposed to be pretty decent. Also open to an absurd. What the fuck was Open Road Films think? Three thousand theaters for a movie. Checks notes. Nobody knew existed until this weekend. If we had not recently, oh my god, purchased YouTube TV, and uh, I had not been watching like actual broadcast over the air like network tv recently i would never have heard of cop shop until i brought up this list i haven't seen one lick of footage i think i saw like a silent you know twitter thing ad about it but i've seen uh, i i don't i know nothing i've been uh this new wrestling show i'm watching airs on tnt and so i can tell you that cop shop has been advertising on tnt okay well everyone who watches Uh, tnt went to see it this weekend not everyone. <laughs> an abysmal 768 per theater. That is just an insane number to open this movie to. 3,000 theaters. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's supposed to what, be pretty decent from what I hear, actually. This is one of those movies that just couldn't just couldn't possibly survive right now. No. It couldn't possibly survive right now. There was no marketing for it at all. And um, Gerard Butler is uh, bankable in very specific things. This is not one of them, and it's a terrible title. Um, what if it was called Cop Shop Has Fallen? <laughs> Do you think we'd get up to $5 million? What if it was called Cop Shop of Egypt? There you go. Um, also Cop opening Shop this, of Thieves. Also opening this weekend, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, open to $675,000 this weekend. Ninth place, 450 theaters. Per theater average of one and a half grand. That's perfectly decent in today's day and age for this kind of thing. Um, it's the third best in the top ten. And uh, yeah, um, good for it. I also want to mention uh, Candyman real quick. Um, you know, you, you were surprised at the free guy drop. I was. But Candyman dropping 626 is... And its fourth weekend is wild, especially when you factor in that Universal, in their infinite wisdom, and I love Universal, it's my favorite studio, but in their infinite wisdom, uh, dropped Candyman on PVOD this week. So it was available in your home, and yet it still made another $3.5 million in theaters, 26.5% drop, 53. This thing's going to crawl. It's not going to get over 60, but it's going to get over uh, pretty close. And that's a huge win. Um, So that's really exciting. It it staved off uh, Shang-Chi and Malignant. And uh, it's going to have fairly smooth sailing. Like I said, it's not going to get to 60, but um, that's a really nice hold. So that's nice. Uh, Not a nice hold. And its second weekend, Malignant dropped 50%, 2.68, 9.8 million total. Um, Yeah, I mean, this wasn't going to hold well. We all kind of knew that. Yeah. Um, so the less said about it, the better, or we'll have much more to say on it later. Um, the less said on its business, the better, uh, quickly jungle cruise, um, also dropped only 10%. How about that? Yeah. What happened this weekend? Uh, there's not a lot of movies. People just uh, not a lot of, there's no new movies this month. People are just seeing older movies, you know, but, um, that crossed 200 million worldwide. Again, the budget was 200 million total. So they can gloat, you know, uh, they can gloat that, oh, we've greenlit a sequel, but the numbers say you shouldn't. I still think that in a normal marketplace, the sequel could hit big. 
I think people liked this movie. Um, but in a few days, Free Guy is going to pass it, which is truly remarkable. Maybe those sequels can come out at the same time. Maybe the Free Guy sequel can contain Jungle Cruise references. Oh, he can pull out like the he's type. friends. He's friends with The Rock. He was in Hobbs and Shaw. They're going to be in Red Notice together. Sure. Plus, it's uh, it's all Disney. Mm-hmm. It's all uh, it's Disney all the way down. That's right. Uh, and then lastly, Dune opened in several markets this weekend, uh, grossing a very impressive 36.8 worldwide in okay. uh, just ab- about 10 or so markets. So um, that's coming out in a few weeks and uh, could be a thing. Maybe not. Who knows? I'm very nervous. I, I'm very excited for that to come out. I don't know what audiences are going to, if they're going to see it or not. And that's all I got. All right. Well, then uh, it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Did it make more or less than open water? Water. We all know how to play. I name a movie and you tell me whether it made more or less than open water at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Your first film. Uh, We're going with the original title, the band title of Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Famously, famously reduced to just Zack and Miri on the marketing and DVDs and shit. Which is stupid because like the title is like great. Like it's just, the title it, is the point. It puts you in, in the mood of like, oh, this is like a cute movie. They called it yeah. that. That's fine. It's like if they if they changed the title of Snakes on a Plane to just Snakes or something. Uh, I the do like why we saw I, it. It's, it's it's I've seen it. I have it on DVD here. I like it a lot. I think it's a good. I remember movie. it being good. Um, but I know it was a bomb. I'm gonna say less. Uh, it did make more, unfortunately. Than it would be barely. Uh, 2008. Uh, it would be barely, and it is 2008. Absolutely right. Same year as Pi. Only a few months after Pineapple Express, Seth Rogen could not translate uh, that over to this his, movie. Uh, his time would come. Uh, moving right along, we're going into uh, film number two, The Mechanic. More. More? Not quite. Got a sequel. Son of a bitch. That uh that, that would be the that would be the, the trick, the trap I laid. 2007. I uh, no, 2011. Oh. Okay. The mechanic was uh, the mechanic was college years. Also, uh, incidentally, a uh, good name for a hitman, I think. The mechanic. Uh, well, well you might a, like the movie. Maybe. I don't know. I uh I'm just I'm just saying as it as an expression like that one's cool. I like okay, it. Great. Uh, our final film, a little uh, a little higher class as we close with Babel. More. Babel did make more. Yes. But when did it do so? Hmm. You loved Babel. Yes, you would too. Yeah, I've seen it. Not in a very long time. No, but I'm just saying, I've seen it. I enjoyed it. Not since you've become an Inaritu head. Mm, perhaps. But uh, but yeah, I remember when that came out. You were, you were a big babblehead. Well, I was young and it was like, you know, an art house thing that was like a little confusing and weird. And it had been sure. cast and I was like, oh, this is an adult movie. I like this. But 
we should watch that whole trilogy at some point. I, I, I over the quarantine, I watched uh, Morris Paris and uh, Twenty One Grams. I did not complete the trilogy. Through I didn't realize that, that was a uh, that was a threequel. Yeah, it's like um, I don't think any characters trans over. It's more of just the tone of it. Like it's desperate storylines that kind of slowly connect to each other. That kind of okay, thing. okay. Um, uh, Morris Paris is awesome. It's very very upsetting though. The dog fighting is yeah very realistic. I want to say Babel's oh seven. I think it's oh six. Hold on. You got it. <laughs> I know I have to pick. Fuck. I'm going to say 07. It was 06. Yeah. It was 06. Yeah. Sorry to say. Uh, a two-point outing uh, just, just barely squeaked by this week. Uh, did I? But let's not dwell on that. Let's instead uh, move on to Come and Gone from a theater near you. Brian, are you ready to go back in time? Yep. Uh, we'll be visiting 2013 this week for a uh, a single film opening to a number that uh, caught me very pleasantly by surprise. What's the year? 2013. September 20th of 2013. The Maze Runner? No. No, it is not The Maze Runner. All right, give me a clue. Um, let's see. Uh, very good movie. We're looking for a crime drama. Prisoners. Uh, yes, that is it. Open to uh, it's it's in the twenties. I don't. Know. I'm gonna say twenty three. A little too high, but pretty close. Twenty point eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I thought was a very impressively strong number. Sure. Well, yeah. I guess, you know, I so guess you've got Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. It's a big cast. Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. Um, yeah. Still, uh, still want to rewatch Prisoners at some point. Have not, uh, have not revisited that. Sure. Kind of. Or I, I remember having like a big jonesing for Prisoners back during quarantine times mm-hmm. when we were still doing like Zoom movies and like early in-person movies and stuff. Yeah. I uh, never have yet to scratch that itch. Little, Enemy uh, didn't do it. No, I just, I mean the particular itch of watching prisoners. Well, I'm enemy is and, the and, same director in one of the stars. No, I know. And it, uh, it, it's, it's, it got in the same, it got in that area okay. for sure. Enemy was a great watch, but it didn't have Paul Dan um, and it could have. That's true. Yeah. Uh, prisoners is great. Great, great cinematography. I, uh, the Deke. Yeah. And just it's so cool seeing Hugh Jackman in just like a regular movie. Yeah, like Especially a, at, that, like an, in, at that time. An adult role. It was the same year as The Wolverine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think that but it like, came out that summer. It's, it seemed like in, in the height of him being Wolverine, like that was kind of all he did. I guess he was in Real Steel that one time. But yeah. just famously, not a lot of movies. And uh, to just come out and be like, oh yeah, I'm... I'm just the angry dad from Mystic River, except like better. Very cool. Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, and yeah, that was it. Something called Battle of the Year came out this weekend. Battle of the Year, I believe it's a dance film. 
Okay, that makes sense. The dance battle. Uh, right. The Wizard of Oz was re-released. Oh. In 3D and IMAX, it made three million dollars. Came in at number nine. Okay. Uh, what was number two? Number two was Insidious Chapter Two in its second weekend. Uh. All right, everybody. We now go live to our brand new Halloween segment, where we welcome a special guest to talk about a scary movie, flick or treat. All right, here we go. Uh, our new segment, Halloween segment, Flick or Treat. I like that as soon as it starts, that literally as soon as I started recording, he started rolling around in the chair. No one can hear that. <laughs> Nobody can hear this. It's very slippery on this floor. There's like, if I move even like a little bit, I go back. You want to sit in this chair? You'll no. be perfectly still. This is great as soon as the start of our new segment. It's great insider baseball on <laughs> what's so. happening in the environment. I'm excited about this. I am Halloween's well. coming up, spooky season, and... Uh, we, I remember at our old podcast, we we did a few lists of like movie horror movies people could watch. Sure. And so this is kind of like that. I like I like watching horror movies this time of year, and so we thought it'd be fun to get our friends involved and 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 play off each other. So we're starting Flick or Treat. We're doing six episodes, six guests, six movies. No, sorry, not six guests. No. What's the other six then? I I remember there being three six. The whole thing was like six six six. Yeah, so it was... Uh, six yeah. episodes, six movies. Six episodes, six movies, six uh, segments of Flick or Treat. I don't know. Oh, I'll talk terrific. about it later. That's the, that's the same as the first one. Um, <laughs> we start this week. Oh, basically how this is going to work is a guest going to bring in a movie, and then we'll have them on again in a few weeks, and we will pick a movie to match those, either in theme, tone, whatever we feel like, a companion piece. Uh, this week, we have special guest... Possibly the person we love most in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rupel. Hello, Joe. So just, so, just, so just saying that isn't compensation. As I learned last time, this is a, a sponsored podcast. We're a moneymaker. Yeah, and I, again, have yet to see... I'm sorry, um, what did I... Uh, uh, did you have a delicious bowl of ice cream? <laughs> Yes. That's Hagen Dazs too. That is not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so that's well, about a, that's about what you would have gotten from the dollar we make. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, maybe next go. time the choice would be nice. But either uh, thirty three cents or yeah, some ice cream. Yeah. How about I the mean, service I provided you in ordering dinner? Well, I didn't realize you using your phone and me paying you back for my dinner was like. I didn't know there was another. I didn't know. Is that service charge built to DoorDash? No, it's, like, it's, like it's like it's like the tip. So like, so let me get this straight. I pay the meal fee, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, was absorbent for the disgusting meal that we ate. And <laughs> that was, was pretty horrible. bad. Absolutely. The worst $30 I've spent in my life, and I've spent $30 on some idiotic things. Go on. <laughs> so, not only did I have to pay for the meal, yes. I had to pay for the delivery. I then had to do a delivery tip. And then I had to do a Noah tip? Yeah. Wow. You got it. Wow. That I Noah tip was find, about 33 cents. I do think you'll find that most podcast guests just don't get paid. No, yeah. there's like a union of us, and we do get paid, in fact. A union of you? Yeah. Are you part of a union? Podcast guests, yeah. Well, then you should have brought that up. Then Cross then we'll, on the we'll, picket we'll, line. We'll yeah, no, one's, no one's coming to work for we'll you. We'll need to go through uh, your union, then. Yeah, that's fun. Joe, what movie did you pick? So, um, I was concerned, very concerned when I heard about Flick or Treat, that... Uh, this 
uh, season of scary films would be filled with baby movies. Why do you think with that? Transylvania or whatever. Hotel Transylvania. Why do you think that? I just don't trust that we were going to get bangers. You know? God. <laughs> so I suggested... I'm going to hip with the teens. <laughs> uh, I suggested a Japanese classic that none of us had seen, Audition, which is a super notable film for a bunch of reasons. Huge film and director Takashi Miike's library probably is like his his big number one claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audition helped launch uh, the J horror rush of the '90s and 2000s, along with some others. But it it stands atop them. It also okay. helps spawn the torture porn phase right. of American spawn, cinema. Right, it helps spawn torture porn, but. Um, key difference there i think you pointed out we're watching it like eli roth said he loved that movie and he inspired him to make us yeah and the big difference there that everyone points out is that uh the movie which is based on a book has a much it's much more subtle it it's it plays with a lot of like it plays with a lot of uh like actual filmmaking elements like pacing like the opening ceremony of the olympics are more Subtle than hostile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And it also has a much deeper um, interest and sort of well of psychological drama than any of those other movies. Right. Do. It's about care. It's about a character. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And the character, the characters have actual. Right. Um, even though, like, her psychology is like heightened to a, a twelve, uh, they have consistent psychological views that have like causes and effects in the world, and it has like clear sort of thematic setups of like loneliness and isolation and trust and you know the repercussions that happen when nobody what, what when you live in a world of liars and it both and uh, well we can talk more about that when we look at some of the stuff but i'll let you guys yeah the movie go here. was released in japan on march 3rd 2000 in america on august 8th 2001 so it's actually the 20th anniversary of it being released in yeah. uh, america oh cool it was a big deal a couple of years ago in uh, 2019 when it was 20 years. Everyone was like, I'm sure stuff, and there were a lot of articles about it. But we've yeah. you've never seen it. We've never seen it. Seen no. What did you think, Joe? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was, um, you know, I think for 1999, it was it was pretty impressive gore porn. And I think if there's any sort of desensitization of it, it's just because there have been so many other movies like your saws, your hostels, yeah. your Wolf Creeks that have only understood this type of movie on a visceral level and have only attempted to up this type of movie on a visceral level where it's like, oh, we'll have grosser stuff happen. But the reason it works is not because of that. And it's, like, so obvious watching the movie, like, that that is not... That's not, like, the point and the purpose. You have to have that punctuation but it's an inevitable endpoint of like these conflicting themes, and I think like the vision of the movie was e- even more clear than I had understood it to be. Like I'd heard people talk about these things, and you read about like modern horror, and it's hard not to read about auditions. So I had like somewhat of an understanding of it, but I was shocked by sort of the clarity of like the characters, um, what the movie was talking about. Like these two characters share a lot of 
ideas and a lot of issues and they're they kind of in a way are on different stages of the same journey even though and they have different things happening to them obviously like um asami has an incredibly abusive childhood that turns into this um turns violence into sexual gratification for both her and her stepdad you know we see him jerking it when he's abusing her and i think I think the reading of her is that she, one of the reasons or one of the questions the movie asks is why does she allow him to do it? It's because that violence turns into turns sexual for her, yeah. and that's like a hallmark of Takashi Miike movies. Lots of his movies deal with like, um, uh, yeah, violent sexual gratification and sadism and sadomasochism. But I think that that vision of like, you know, how she deals with an isolation and loneliness. And, and lying because they're both liars, right? And how he deals with it, they're kind of taught, they're speaking the same language, but in different sort of degrees, and they respond differently to that sort of uh, stimuli. But I, I just thought the, the the movie's vision for that was like um, surprisingly clear. And again, when you look at those other movies that came out later, they had no vision. They had, they had nothing they were really talking about. It was just like, how do we do gore porn? And yeah, and yeah. I, I think to your point about, you know, whether we become desensitized to it, this movie wasn't as extreme or as far into the gore as yeah. you think going into it. I think that's also just 20 years of reputation and this being on lists of, like, the most disturbing films and just the image of her with the syringe, you just your imagination reels. And so when you watch it... It is it is less violent than you know even like something like Saving Private Ryan's opening scene, but there's 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 um, I I think that that it's hard to put that aside from the movie as far as like judging it being like I expected more out of that because it is what it is. But I do think part of that is us desensitized and just the fact that the, the movie. The has... other thing that the movie does well that it, that it understands um, that these other movies don't is that it like the disturbing stuff doesn't just come from. The, the body horror stuff. Right. It's about the person inflicting it. And a lot of these movies like Saw, like Saw has a moral point, but it doesn't, oh, and, and Hostile sometimes does, but not really. It, the, the people inflicting the pain in those movies are just sort of, they're either not even on camera oftentimes in Saw or something like that, or they're just sort of like macho, angry guys. The thing that Audition does really well is Asami enjoys, she she gains pleasure in whatever way you want to look at it, sexual gratification, just happiness, you know, her endorphins are exploding when she's doing this. And that, to me, is like where the real good villains in movies or, or you know, any kind of narrative are at. Like, those are the ones that, to me, get under your skin. Like, I think about, um, and I think more about it in the Stephen King um, miniseries of It, where uh, Pennywise really loves scaring these kids, mm-hmm. and that's what's scary. It's he's not he's not just like an alien who's kind of doing his business, but he's not really meaning to scare anyone. He's like really trying to inflict fear, or like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, yeah. where she's stabbing herself in like the right. the groin with a cross, going "Fuck me, Jesus!" and laughing. She like the demon inside her is enjoying what it's doing. Yeah, there's that whole segment where he's the the devil inside of the demon inside of her is invoking the voice of the, yeah. the dead priest mother, yeah. Yeah. The and priest then laughing mother, yeah. at him and when he gets or upset. When she about runs it. down yeah. the stairs backwards to scare the dinner party, yeah. like 
the the villain who enjoys being a villain and who knows that he or she is scaring the main character and then by transference is scaring the audience. So it's not just that they're, they, they are literally enjoying and laughing as they scare you. That's the thing that really works. And this movie hits it and her little deeper, deeper is just I think, fantastic. I think, I, think, I, I think that also carries over to non-horror genres. That's why some of the best Bond villains have yeah, sure. resonated. It's because they're fun to watch and they're fun to watch because yep. they're having fun. What did yeah. you think of the movie? I I also uh, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, I think you know to the point of the desensitization and just the the violence level isn't quite up to like Saw Four or something. I uh, I think the movie is really well served by the fact that the first hour and twenty minutes just like yeah. is not scary yeah for in sure any way. for sure it's not trying to uh, top itself by yeah, it's, more and more gory yeah there's other than that like. That little business with the sack about an hour in, there's really just no indications of horror until you're like an hour and a half in at least. And they spend all that time, like you guys were saying, just like actually building characters and like just having thoughts and ideas and Mm -hmm. themes and just kind of grounding you in a world. And then, you know, I don't I don't think there's really much that can be spoiled here. It goes bad. I'll spare. I'll spare the. I'll spare the specific well, let, details. Let's just because let's explain what the movie's about briefly. Sure. It's a. It's about. Go ahead. You were in the uh, your segment anyway. Yeah. Well, I just. Uh, yeah. It's a. A, a widower. Uh, gets lonely. Uh, him and his friend hatch a plan. His friend works in the movie business. He's like, I'll. I'll cook up this like romantic comedy or whatever. We'll host an audition for the type of woman as the main character that you, my friend, would be into. It is and the premise out of a romantic comedy. Like, that is just, like, the setup for yeah. misunderstandings. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, among the women we don't cast in the role, perhaps you will find someone that you will then want to date. Right. And you can then pursue them and date them yeah. and be happy. Which is, like, a weird and fucked up plan, but has some sort of kernels of, yeah, you know, of earnestness and love... In it somewhere. Yeah, he doesn't just want to fuck someone. He wants right, to yeah, find he's trying to find a wife, a companion. Yeah. I. Uh, and then yeah, he picks the wrong one, and <laughs> and that's unfortunate for him. But but the fact that we do spend so long just in this sort of love story that would before, be the tagline, wouldn't it? He hit you know thousands auditioned. He cast the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah. I. Uh, but yeah, we spend so much time in this just this love story mm-hmm. that by the time you get to the end the like the actual the horrificness of the violence I think really does hit because you kind of feel like you're in the real world instead of in a horror movie you know I can you can watch Saw and watch someone like get their head ripped in two by a big head ripping machine and it's just kind of like ah gross yeah, it's like theme but park it, stuff yeah but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't actually feel like a thing that happened to a person yeah Whereas this kind of does, uh, in a in a way that I found. Uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm di- I was disappointed by the lack. Of no, violence. I I know I'm I'm just saying in the uh, in in the context of like I agree it is not as it is not as visceral and yeah. like horrific as the images we've seen put to film in the last twenty years, but the fact that there's actual like filmmaking involved. Yeah, there's clearly like an elevates ambi- it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, and there's like clearly an ambition there too of like you can see it sort of in the ideas of the movie um, and in, like, how restrained it is and how 
um, how much care is taken to set all these elements up. So like when you did say, when they do pop, they really pop, but also sort of in the formal elements of the movie too, like uh, the back third of the movie is almost all a blend of um, like, like dream, like a surreal state mixed with um, like these sort of, you, you can't really tell where his dream ends. Right. It's, yeah. And the movie begin or the, the reality comes back in. Yeah, the first half is very straightforward and then it yeah. becomes like a non-linear story. We go back to scenes we had We go back to scenes. He, seen. he, see, he, like, when we were watching, we were kind of wondering, like, you know, are we out of a, right. a fl- are we in a flashback? How does he know this information? So it's like mixing these states of awareness together that's like, uh, you know, just creates a much more interesting sort of canvas than like, you know, the final stage against the boss or whatever. And the movie has style beyond... First of all, the two lead performances are fantastic. Um, The movie does a great job. Uh, It's it's clear that it's made by a filmmaker with intent. You know, these... The camera work and technique changes. There's the, the scene where... Um, after she leaves and he storms into the office, the camera's suddenly off-kilter, off-tilt, mm-hmm. and it's shaky, and it follows him into the boardroom, and they're switching the perspective line, and the, which is a rule that you're not supposed to break because it disorients the audience. And he does that because this whole thing is disorienting. So the fact that he's playing with camera is something, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep you know, comparing it to Saw and the like, but like they would never bother to because they're not telling the, the camera isn't in service of a character it's in service of whatever they want to do whereas yeah. this is really putting you in the mindset of him especially in that last there's music all over this movie and then the last half hour there's just silence yeah I didn't even notice that but yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's definitely true as soon as, as soon as he wakes up on the ground it's yeah. we're, we're silent from then on out it's, and it's also funny I mean the movie the first half is again a romantic comedy <laughs> yes the, the first half is a romantic comedy that is just like something is off here but the fact that he becomes really endearing to her and then the line at the, I really kind of want to talk about the line at the end when she says you just audition girls to fuck them and us as the audience are not on his side at the beginning of the movie we kind of see what he's doing is gross and weird and whatever and then she's kind of strange and we're like well we still don't really like him but if she's like a murderer and then by the end she says that and we're going Oh no no you have that all wrong yeah and it's a weird dichotomy. Oh I guess I Duke I am kind of like oh no stop he's not like that it's just a weird position the movie tries to put you in yeah she he's he's getting receipts for something worse than what he did yeah mm. That's uh, a good which is uh, which is a little fun's the wrong word but I'll use it anyway a fun bit of irony yeah it is yeah <laughs> it, and it's just for the audience well yeah. here's here's um I think this. I saw somebody write um, a little summary of, of her, and I think this kind of speaks to what you're saying. Like, first, we know that while Asami is clearly deranged and homicidal, it comes from years of abuse. Her cruel and sadistic stepfather would burn her legs if she didn't dance to perfection, and this pain is depicted as growing to a sexual fetish for both as she gets older. Her stepfather has no feet, and so any man who fails to live up to his word is subject to Asami attempting to physically turn them into her abuser, getting symbolic revenge in the process. So her, so I think the the test that he goes through, and I don't it, it's kind of a, a line the movie doesn't 
or a point the movie doesn't directly address, which is that did Asami always in like what is Asami looking for? Was she really gaming him, or was she? And I think it's the later here. I think she was actually doing the same thing for her. I think the trick that Mike is doing is the actual audition was his audition for her. Right. Because what he was doing a, a literal audition, right? But she was on the other end of that, and she was actually testing him. And the test was, when I say, will you love me and no one else, is that true? And he says yes. And she clearly comes to learn that that's not true, even if it is for, like, really petty, weird things. Yeah, like he, he also loves, loves his son. His son right? And he still loves his dead wife. Yeah. Like, that becomes true in the dream. So... He in in through her psychology fails him, and she he fails her audition, and this is the punishment right. for her. Right. So when he says, when she says, you've cut, you know what you do is you go around and trick girls, and even even if you're not trying to get these dates or whatever right. out of them, what you're doing is you are getting women to perform for you and then cutting them when they don't meet your criteria. And in her mind, it's kind of like, well, how does that work? Or how do you like it when, how do you like them apples? Like, how about when I do it to you? Mm -hmm. Hers is obviously uh, a harsher punishment, but that's, that's, I think the, again, sort of the, the, the next level thing of the movie is that, you know, it sort of has this trick up its sleeve that even when you know she's even when you know, because the movie doesn't really hide that she's going to do something bad, but even when you know that's coming, you know, you you get to the point where the movie makes sense from both persons' direction, where there is an audition in the middle, and both people are actually in control of it, or think they are, you know, they, yeah. the, she, she knows more than him, but they both believe that they are the protagonist interviewing somebody, and in fact, you know, they, they, they both are, but uh, you kind of don't know that at the beginning. I think it was a, a, a very inspired pick for to kick oh, off good. the series. Well, I can't I wait very, to hear... I was very what, happy with it. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what other ones you guys do. Except for that bit with the bowl that made me unhappy. Oh, yeah, the puke bowl. Yeah. Not a big fan of that. Yeah, there's, no some, there's some business for the bowl. And then just, like, <laughs> watch out for that, guys. Yeah. Um Joe, thanks for doing this. We are we're going to rank these for a list of the best of these movies and the scariest and this tops both of them so far, yes. Currently. I uh, think this will be a great example of the conversation we had of like a movie that's really good but perhaps not as scary. No, it's not super scary. Yeah. You know. It's scary as as far as like it's She's frightening at the end, yeah. and just the implication it's, of what's it's happening. It's very disturbing for twenty minutes, but but the the other hour most of it's twenty just minutes a, just a movie. Yeah, that you're like, oh, this is creepy and fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, exactly. That'll be interesting. So we'll have Joe back on at some point. We have to think of a movie to compliment yeah. his. It's really it's really a shame that you said you'd already seen the House of the Devil. I would watch it because that was well, sure, uh, and like perhaps, but that would have been a that would have been a great sort yeah, of uh, the, the tension of it all. Yeah, another another movie that's like not not really being a horror movie mm-hmm. for so much of it, and then it really uh, is at the end. Yes. If I recall, no, it is. Yeah. yeah, it also just kicks into gear, but it spends that it spends so much time being like someone's going to be at the window. No, they're not. No. Someone's oh, what was that creaking? It's nothing. So uh, we don't know when we'll have Joe back on, but we will, and we'll watch Hostel and uh, compare <laughs> this and uh, 
and that. Um, Noah, uh, oh, recommendation. Let me recommend a movie. Joe, I want you to as well, either in theaters or at home. Um, Noah, what do you think the uh, what, what movie should we watch this week or weekend? I well, I'm not gonna go in theaters because I think oh, we've uh, you son of a bitch. we've we've pretty much drained that well. I'm going like to I've, heard, I've heard Blue Bayou is good, but yeah, it's supposed to be good. Yeah, I. But I don't know. I am uh, I am going to recommend because I don't think we'll be doing it with Joe. Uh, the House of the Devil, which I think we've talked about in Halloween's past. Yeah, it was on, on this, one of the, it was uh, on one of the lists. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think even on uh, on this pod it comes up a lot. That, That's uh, a great movie. It was a very affecting movie for me. Yeah. Uh, it is also on Shutter. I do I do want to say we watched uh, we watched Audition on Shutter, the horror movie streaming service that I uh, definitely recommend subscribing to for the next month or two. Yeah, don't watch like, the pool though. It's like six bucks a month. Yeah, the Shutter, pool, are they a friend pool, of the pod? Didn't work out. No, no, this no. Is, uh, oh. You're the only friend of the pod, Jim. <laughs> yeah, this is free. We only uh, made one of those t-shirts. But just great, great, re- great resource for watching scary movies such as Audition and uh, House of the Devil. But not the pool. No, that one wasn't good. For Real me. disappointing. Yeah, maybe it gets better. We only watched like twenty minutes of it. But it's an was... hour and a half movie about a yeah. crocodile in a pool, and we got that for two minutes, and then for twenty minutes there was nothing. It was just a, a it was a flashback. Shoot, unbelievable. Yeah, it was quite bad. Uh, Joe, what do you think people should watch? So I'll recommend one that was on my list, but it wasn't. Uh, it was sort of a smaller movie that uh, I don't think would have. I don't think if we only could choose one, I would have wanted to watch this for the horror one. But it's called a Kill List. And it's Ben Wheatley's first movie, and it, it's about uh, it. It is a movie that does like genre mashups, and it's basically about two hitmen trying to solve uh, a crime, but takes a bunch of very uh, odd, weird turns. And it it's another one that isn't outright scary, but right. it's quite disturbing. Um, really well acted. Uh, and kind of put Ben Wheatley on the map. I don't think he's really eclipsed that first movie, but it's a it's a fun one. Uh, and my uh, looking at Fandango, Cry Macho. <laughs> see it in theaters. It deserves that big screen. You got to see Clint Eastwood for the try to stand up straight for an hour now. Um, Seems like if he falls over, he's gonna fall on you. Uh, no, apparently the uh, the the so long Bond train has started, and Casino Royale is going to be in theaters uh, starting on Friday for at least the next week. Oh wow! So go see uh, Daniel Craig. That's that is now fifteen years old. So go see Daniel Craig's uh, beginning and, and easily the best film of his. Um, I think I've decided I like that better. Than easily, Ford. yeah. Wow! I rewatched them both. I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, Casino Royale is uh, the best film of his. Yeah, it's uh, for sure better of than Skyfall. Yeah, that movie tries. That movie tries to do everything. Skyfall blinded me with its cinematography. I think a little way, bit. It's, it's still great, much, but it's, it's way too it's, much credit. It has like good cinematography, but the its movie is so like all over the place. It pulls in like a million different things. It continues the thing of like, where did Bond come from? A question no one has ever asked or ever been interested in. Like, oh, what was Bond's childhood like? Who cares? He's a superhero. It doesn't make sense. Anyway. Um, but Martin Campbell, who is kind of, you know, put in director's jail, uh, 
for a few screen flops deserves credit for Casino Royale because he destroyed that. Kind of comes out every few years. Yeah, every he also he, more than every few. I he he also did uh, Goldeneye. He started yeah. Brosnan and uh, Craig's oh, wow. uh, career. Yeah. So yeah, Casino Royale's in theater. See it on the big screen as we get ready to say goodbye to Craig's Bond. Um, Noah, plug us up. You can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. So that's also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brian DeServer, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Joe, would you like to plug your Twitter? Uh, no. Great. Uh, well, next week, our guest is going to be, as far as we know, knock on wood, um, Ahmad is back, uh, bringing in, uh, as far as I know, The Strangers, if you want to watch that ahead of uh, next week's show. The American um, Strangers or The French Strangers? The Amer- Is there a remake? It's called, well, it's a, the original. The yeah, yeah, it's called uh, Them, I think is the, oh. it's very good. He's bringing in oh, the original, the one with Liv. Yeah, the Scott French one. Speedman. It's a remake of the French one. So okay, it's, not, it's it's the remake. Sorry, he's bringing in the American yeah. version. That one's scary. Um, I've heard. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, but uh, that'll be exciting. So, to next week, also next week, no movies. Derwin Hansen's coming out. We'll see what that does. October is going to be a big box office month. Too many so. movies. <laughs> big box office month. Uh, right now, nothing's out um, except for Casino Royale. All right, we'll see you next week. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.